What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Crew Sports Pod, episode number 53. I'm Michael Akeem, as always, joined here by Fido Patel. And the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions of the world. Best team in the NFL again, knocking off the Eagles. Close game. Great Super Bowl. And that wraps up another season of the NFL, Vito. An absolutely amazing season uh, from the time it started. And just the final game just, just puts the exclamation point on how good of a season it was. And this game lived up to hype the two best teams. And before we start diving into the game, though, Michael, did your family or at least did anyone, did, like while you're watching it, were you guys fooled by that one commercial? I literally, so I mean, I knew it was a commercial, but I knew instantly when like, you know, it looked like you're pressing up on the remote. I was like, so many dads are about to yell at their kids. And then that's all I was thinking. And then my dad turned to me and goes, hey, you're just the remote. I was like, no, <laughs> it's supposed to make you think that that commercial was so funny. I knew, I knew right when it started, like everyone's dads are about to be yelling at them to get off the remote. Yeah. Tubi went in on that prank, and yeah, my my dad was also upset uh, with me. But I'm not gonna lie, I'm not as new generation as I thought I was, because I also <laughs> thought, no, dad, I'm not sitting on the remote. Are you? Because like I did, I was panicking too. I was like, no, I want to watch. Uh, the oh, Super Bowl. I I just I I fell for it. That was that was a good one, good commercial, and everyone's talking about it. I think that's one of the beauties of the Super Bowl. Everything's fun the game the commercials the whole show is fun the the super bowl itself the halftime show and the commercials but the game was the best part for sure yeah but uh you know i didn't i realized there was no doritos commercials this year or maybe i missed them that's what i was gonna say too i was like i don't remember seeing one but did i miss it because i definitely took a couple breaks bathroom breaks or whatever man i went to the bathroom twice okay and both times i went to the bathroom the eagles scored touchdowns wow so I saw their I saw their first touchdown and I went to the bathroom twice and they scored and like one was like the AJ Brown that bomb, was and then the other was like they moved down the field and, and scored in but then I stopped going to the bathroom so they would stop scoring dang the bathroom was a, <laughs> the bathroom was a bad luck wow I'm glad he stopped going to the bathroom because <laughs> I wanted the Chiefs <laughs> to win too uh, all right yeah so Chiefs win 38-35 Patrick Mahomes wins MVP. So Patrick Mahomes now is the fastest player to two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs and two regular season league MVPs. Uh, he's done it in how many seasons has he been playing? Is it fifth? I'd say. Like yeah, like what? That's insane. That's I feel like that's comparable to a <laughs> crazy to say this, but comparable to a Manning career. I think I guess Manning might have more had more MVPs at this point, but already the same amount of Super Bowls and Super Bowl MVPs, and I mean. He's had, I think, more 5,000-yard seasons than Manning, and he's always been into the AFC Championship game. I think Mahomes is reaching new territory that's only... Well, can't be new because Tom Brady's done some incredible stuff, but he's reaching some new heights pretty fast. He is now, with that Super Bowl, like winning two this early, he's on GOAT trajectory. That's wild. He's on pace. I don't... Still. I don't think anyone could ever pass up Brady, but if it... If I had to put money on someone to do it, probably be Mahomes. I mean, he's the only one that has a chance, at least. So Yeah, I, I think so, too. But, I mean, no disrespect, though. Jalen Hurts had an all, amazing game, too. Like, a monster game, both rushing and passing the ball through our 300 yards, three rushing touchdowns. He was, he really wanted to win, and he played his heart out. Jalen Hurts had four touchdowns and almost 400 yards. So that's crazy. This man earned himself a fat pay raise absolutely 
I'm not gonna lie. I'm being super biased. I always thought Fields was a little better than Hertz, but I think I'll give it to Hertz now. Because uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a question anymore. <laughs> I I don't know many quarterbacks. I know they have a good line, and I know he has good weapons. But he was throwing some dots that uh yeah in the right spot. He's avoiding pressure, make, scrambling, making plays, breaking tackles. He was doing it all. He actually looked like the better quarterback today. I mean, yesterday he was. Funny enough. The Eagles outpassed the Chiefs by like almost 150 yards, and the Chiefs outran the Eagles by what, like 50, 60 yards? So they kind of flipped. I think the Chiefs' offensive line came to play, and the Chiefs' offensive line didn't allow a single sack. And this is against the best pass rush that we've seen in recent history. Honestly, the best pass rush we've seen since the 85 Bears. Like, for them to not get a single sack on Mahomes shows how well the Chiefs offensive line played. And there's a lot of talk about how like the only reason the Chiefs lost to the Buccaneers is because they couldn't protect Mahomes in that Super Bowl a few years ago. And I think they've addressed all those issues and their offensive line looks absolutely elite now. Yeah, I mean there's also the the scheme. They found a little wrinkle in the second half, exploited it. Both those touchdowns in the second half, those like short one to Tony and one to Sky Moore. They look like they were running a jet sweep, and then they just put their foot in the ground and turn back that around the other way. Beautiful. And and both of those times, the play before was like a jet sweep type of play. Like the, that player that actually was across. one of the most beautiful. So play they calls. found how the Eagles were playing that like motion, that zone, and they they caught them twice. I mean, what a great job by Andy Reid. No, I thought that was amazing too. Like you're saying, uh, they they baited them the play before, and then just took advantage of that, and two touchdowns on two third downs right there. Just absolutely brilliant play calling by Andy Reid. Good execution by Mahomes there. Um, but a lot of uh, other special performances. I think Tony Kadarius Tony had a huge punt return that changed this, you know, the whole game. Uh, that's what gave them that uh, eight point lead. And then uh, that fumble from Jalen Hurts. I think that's the only mistake I would say he made the whole game. Just fumbling yeah. that. If you want to beat the Chiefs. You got to be perfect. And that was literally their only mistake. And if they didn't do that, they could have won. Like they they would, I mean, they'd be up. They only lost by a t- by three. So you got to be perfect against the Chiefs. Dang. That sucks, too. There's just one bad play. Uh, and it led to a touchdown. And that was the drive they were moving. They probably would have scored at least a field goal. They were already on the other side of the 50. Yeah. So if they got a field goal, that's a, that's a 10 point swing. Yeah. Huge. Huge. I will say though, so I say this when you're talking about Jalen Hurts, that one pass he had to Goddard on that third and fifteen over the linebacker under the safety, it was like a one foot window, like only the football fit yeah. through. It was like perfect. That was one of the best throws I've ever seen. That would have been like if they the Eagles went on to win that. That would have been one of those like Super Bowl amazing plays that people talk about for a while. I feel like, or like it's it kind of reminds me of. Uh, the Super Bowl a few years ago when the Falcons lost and Julio Jones had a spectacular catch, but no one talks about it because one, they lost, but two, Edelman just came back and had a better catch. But yeah, this is like one of those things I think is going to die down in history, but that was an amazing play on third 15. And then, I mean, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith also had huge games. Devontae had 100 yards. A.J. Brown had 96, almost 100. And that one big touchdown catch, um, no, if anyone bet on Devontae Smith anytime touchdown scorer 
or like me, a Kenneth Gainwell anytime touchdown scorer. Oh. Uh, those were bad beats. Kenneth Gainwell was an inch short. Now to hit my huge plus 750 odd bet. And then Devontae, I don't know how he didn't keep that in. He yeah. just kind of like fell out of bounds at like the two, but they ended up pushing it in anyway. I thought he was going to score two. That was just so, I guess his balance is off. He just by himself and then just fell out. Yeah, I guess. But I want to know how the Eagles are so good at QB sneaks. Everyone in the whole stadium knows it's a QB sneak, and they converted it like five out of six times. It is wild, right? I I was like, they can't convert it every time. Is this gonna be a fake sneak? Nope. They just go right. No, they them. just do it. Even when they stop them, the, the, like there was like they don't. They don't because exactly they, it hurts. Always has a second push. Like you're facing the best offensive line, but even if you get past them. Hertz is not a small guy. And then behind him, you got like AJ Brown and the running back that are very strong. AJ Brown is like a freak of nature. He's strong. And that, I, he's giant. Yeah. Yeah. They get so many layers of push. Yeah. There was one where Chris Jones just jumped over and just like hit Hertz and like stopped him. But then they just, Chris Jones is off the ground now. So they just like just pushed him. They just threw him back and they scored. <laughs> yeah. 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 I saw that. I was like, I was like, Chris Jones is the one person down the middle that could probably make a stop, but he goes even goes above them. I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. Like, I was cheering because I was rooting for the Chiefs, and then the second effort happens, and boom, touchdown or first down. I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts, but, he squat like 600 pounds. Yeah, he's a strong dude. I, I, I don't know the number, but he's a strong dude, too. Heck, that two-point conversion, too. I think they tackled him, and he pushes forward and brings a defender in the end zone with him. I mean, Jalen Hurts is... Uh, I mean, Hertz Hertz had an amazing game, and yeah, I think they'll be back if they have all this talent returning. I don't know how much of the team they'll be able to keep, though. Well, they have at least another year of Hertz's deal before he gets a huge uh, pay increase. So they got everyone come back next year at least. Um, but the Chiefs' defense played really nice. Um, again, I learned about their defense players in the playoffs, right? Like Jerry Sneed had a great playoffs. Uh, Nick Bolton had a great game. He almost had two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and then the D-line, I mean, Frank Clark, Chris Jones. They're just good. Carlos Dunlap. You know, the, the Chiefs started the third most rookies out of anyone in the league. I think the Bears and the Texans or something were started the most rookies, and then the Chiefs. There's a little bit of a difference in those three teams. Yeah, then the, 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 a lot of that uh, secondary... Uh, is very young. I think Thornhill and Watson are young. Bolton's 22 years old. He looked like he was ready to play. He had eight tackles and a touchdown yesterday. I mean, their whole secondary, I think they got two rookies in the secondary. A lot of young defenders on that squad. And they have uh, George Karloftis, the one of the pass rushers, is a rookie. So they went heavily on the defense in the draft. Kind of surprising. But if it's already working out this early, man, imagine a Chiefs with a top 10 defense. Because it, it's trending that way. I prefer not to because uh, they're already impossible yeah. to beat. Yeah, yeah, they gave up 35 against the Eagles and won that game. But imagine if they, you know, did give up 35. Yeah, I know. But um, the last thing I think about the game, one of the last plays of the game, Vito, the controversial or maybe I guess not so controversial, James Bradbury holding to set up the Chiefs for the first and goal and let them run the clock down to like eight seconds, just kick a game with a field goal. What did you think about the call? Good call, bad call, right call? I Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it's the right call because uh, I think he did have jersey. But 
I mean, for entertainment purposes, like you can't call that. Like it wasn't, and it wasn't like such a significant holding where, like, I think the ball was too deep for him to Juju to and catch it anyways. Like, I don't think it was a catchable ball. So I don't know, just because of that call, it's inside the fact of the game. So I'm not a fan of it. I forgot. I was asking you a conflict of interest. You wanted your bet to hit for it to go to overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was so close. It was tied after the first quarter, 7-7, and almost overtime. I was like, okay, kick that field goal. Let the Eagles go down the field. Don't let them score a touchdown. And I think they could score a field goal. I was so excited for getting that uh, plus 4,000 bet. But no. Someone had to hold. <laughs> but Jay's Bradbury thinks he held, too. That was very interesting. Yeah, that was interesting that he, he said he held. I mean, I didn't see him say it, but I saw, like, the reports and stuff. But honestly, I thought that was a soft call. Like, there was not really many flags that whole mm-hmm. game. They let him play. Right? There was, like, it was like an offside here. They, yeah, they let him play. So why, like, that play, I felt like it was officiated differently than the rest. Yeah. Because it wasn't like... Okay, sure, we're getting, like, super technical. Maybe he grabbed jersey and stuff. But it wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, tackling him. Like, there's contact like that on every play. Absolutely. And you're going to be calling that the whole game, call it, sure. But I think they just didn't call it the whole game and then officiated that one play, like, a little tougher than the rest of the game. Okay, so you're on board with me. It's the right call, but it's not a good call because they're not consistent with what they did throughout the game. Yeah, I didn't Um, didn't like it. Like, yeah. I don't even know if it was a holding. I honestly, like, I feel like that. Like normally, you see that when they tug the jersey, you know, they you see the jersey like they're stretching, like pulling it away from them. He just had like a handful of jerseys. He didn't. Yeah. He barely like altered yeah. him from his route. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that ball was catchable, regardless if that held happened or not. Which is, I think, one of those things that maybe the NFL should look into thinking like, would that penalty have reasonably made a difference in the play? And if like, I wonder if that could be added to the, you know. No, I don't, that's too hard. You can't do that. Because then that's like judgment. That's even like you're adding like a second layer of judgment to a judgment call already. That's too hard. That's true. But I feel like that's what uh what makes me think like that should have been like an automatic first down kind of penalty. Like a replay third down kind of penalty, I'd be okay with too. But an automatic first down kind of penalty, that's just one thing in the game right there. Yeah, that's true. Now the Chiefs have two Super Bowls in the last four years, Vito. Or is this a dynasty? Because, you know, they were saying at the post-game interview, I think Patrick Mahomes said not yet. He would not call this a dynasty yet. I'm I'm happy for him that he's very uh, ambitious. I'd say this reaches my de- this definition of a dynasty just because, I mean, two Super Bowls in the NFL is so hard. It's, there's, like, way more parity than there is in the NBA. But they, they've also just been dominant every year in the playoffs. Like, they made it to five straight AFC championships, never played the road game in Mahomes five years in the playoffs. Like, that's pretty impressive in all the stats and stuff that they're doing. Uh, I mean, I would consider this uh, already a dynasty. How about you? I agree with you. Just because how dominant they've been for... I mean, yeah, they only won two Super Bowls. They appeared in three, though. And they've gone to at least the AFC Championship every year. And every year, the thing is, every year in the AFC, they're the team to beat. Like, at some point, you have to go through Arrowhead mm-hmm. to get to the Super Bowl. And more years than not, no one is because they're the ones in the Super Bowl. And half the time they've won it. But yeah, I think it's a dynasty. And I think as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is are there and Travis Kelsey, that, that dynasty goes on. I think there was like a little bit of speculation that Andy Reid might retire or consider retiring. If he did, I think the Chiefs become touchable. And I think they drop down to like Bills and Bengals level. With them three there, it's like Chiefs number one. Bills, Bengals, and then like a third team in the AFC that's really good. Like if the Ravens have a really good year or or if someone else puts it all together, 
that's like this next tier. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like that team would drop quite a bit after Andy Reid. Like I I almost feel like a lot of their offense is because of uh, Andy Reid's amazing scheming, uh, getting players open. I I think so too. But like I think they still got talent. Like their defense. I don't think Andy Reid is too much a part of that. Yeah, that defense is like, that defense off. is great, and they always do good in the playoffs. I think they got the right culture, and then you still have Patrick Mahomes, who still make magic. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey. And yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to like Andy Reid scheming, but like I still think they'll be like a top three team in the AFC without him. I just don't think they'll be like this untouchable. Travis Kelsey was saying no one picked them to win the Super Bowl. I, the Bills fan, I've been saying I think they're the best, and you still gotta go through them. So I don't know who he was talking about. <laughs> he got the same reporters as the Georgia players. <laughs> yeah, <I don't>, but <laughs> Andy Reid and and Kirby Smart must read the same newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> giving their players a safe feed. Though, there is a little hindsight in that. Uh, after what I saw in the season, I was really like, after a few weeks in, I was like, oh yeah, these Chiefs are the real deal. But coming into the season, I did think the Chargers were going to win the division, I think. Is that, I believe that's who I picked. Yeah, you, I did not. So I was I was, I was, was one of the haters. I did I did think, without Tyreek Hill, they would take the step back. And I just thought there's so much talent added to the <laughs> AFC West. And that's, I think, what everyone was talking about. You know how, like, the Raiders got Devontae Adams and, like, the Chargers got all these defenders and, like, Mack and, uh, you know, all these guys. And then, like, uh, the Broncos got a quarterback, Russell Wilson. So we are like, dang, are they even going to win their division? And I was wrong. I was so wrong. <laughs> they, they destroyed their division. They didn't even lose a single divisional game. No, and their division is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they're the wish trash. Yeah, no, I've I've always thought the Chiefs are good. And I would not be opposed to Andy Reid. If he retired tomorrow, man, I think he's a top five coach of all time. That's pretty good, huh, Andy? Yeah, I think he's top five. He, great stuff he did with Philadelphia. Great stuff he did with the Chiefs. You might as well go out on top. Yeah, exactly. Old, old Peyton Manning. You don't want to go out like Tom Brady. We're not even going to remember his last years now. No, for sure. And I mean, the more and more Andy Reid coaches Mahomes, the more and more I regret picking Trubisky in the 2017 draft. So <laughs> um, I'm okay you with could it. Could have had this. Yeah. I've always wondered though, because a lot of there's a lot of speculation: is Mahomes the same player without Andy Reid? Because I mean, he, Mahomes had some crazy numbers at Texas Tech. Like I saw that he threw 600 yards in a game or something, like something absurd. So Mahomes was always good, but would he be this good? Uh, he'd be pretty close. I mean, you mean if Andy Reid like retired tomorrow, or if he just went to the Bears? Yes, <laughs> the Bears drafted him. Oh, yeah, he would not be. As, <laughs> I don't think he'd have any MVPs if he went to the Bears. Yeah, we don't really do offense. He would have Cheeto or Kelsey. He would have Allen Robinson and Cole Kmet. <laughs> I think he'd be like, like I think he'd still be like a solid starter. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'd make a decent difference. But now, no, he's he's a he's a all time player now. Yeah. And like, if if Andy Reid like retired tomorrow, I think like Patrick Holmes would still be good. I think he'd get knocked off of like goat trajectory though. Like, I don't think he'd catch up to Tom Brady. I think as long as as long as Andy Reid is there, he's got a chance. Yeah. I wonder if Mahomes does something similar to what Brady does when Brady won on the Bucks without uh, Belichick. If Mahomes has to win one just to prove that you know it wasn't just a coach, I'm also. Goat material. Patrick Mahomes is going to play longer than Andy Reid's going to coach. It sounds like Andy Reid's kind of old, actually. Wait, how old? Yeah, how old is Andy Reid? He's 64. I mean, there's not many guys that coach like Belichick into their 70s. 
Yeah, him and him and Pete Carroll are some of the old guys, and I mean both those guys should retire too. Pete Carroll wanted all in college and in the NFL, and Belichick has like six Super Bowls. Like all three of those coaches could retire, should retire probably soon. Uh, Belichick was on the coaching staff that won the, the Giants when they won the Super Bowl against the Bills way back when. What? That was like thirty years ago. He's seventy, bro. Okay, and still, that is pretty crazy. He, I mean, Andy Reid, he's sixty-four. You retire, you'll start collecting Social Security soon. Saban should retire too. I mean, I'm just thinking a whole new generation. <laughs> of just, yeah, we need to get rid of these guys. <laughs> make this sport a little more fair in both the collegiate and NFL. Make it a little youthful again. Yeah. yeah. Kirby Smart should just retire early. Yeah, I was gonna say Kirby Smart already has a Hall of Fame <laughs> career. <laughs> Yeah, he's the one I'm most scared of about now. Honestly, I was like, there's there's some talk that Kirby Smart, the way he's built Georgia right now, they could surpass, like, be scary as Alabama ever was. You know what would be even worse? It's just having both of them all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. I don't think Alabama's done yet either. They're, they're just going to kill each other. But this is this is an NFL podcast today. So. <laughs> yeah, so with that, let's move on to some NBA talk. I'm always excited for what happens after trade deadlines, but man, I didn't expect this. Oh yeah, we recorded the day before the deadline and then like released a pod the day after the deadline. So we haven't talked yet since the trade deadline. Uh, a lot of things happened. A few hours after our last pod, a few hours, KD was traded to the Suns, which is crazy. Uh, Kyrie was traded to the Mavs. That is just so wild. So both those teams played in the... They played uh, the second round of playoffs last year, went to seven games, and I already thought there was a rivalry brewing between the Mavs and the Suns, but now you add in KD and Kyrie to the mix. Like I want those teams to play in the playoffs right now. A series between uh, Luka and Kyrie versus KD and Booker, man. I think the Mavs improved more than the Suns did. Because low-key, the Suns, once you get outside the starting five, like who do they have? Are you just going to play those five starters the whole time? I guess they got some players, but like I guess campaign. But other than that, yeah. After that, that's what I mean. Falls like campaign is like their only because they had they traded like three of their their core like because what made the Suns good was they had their stars. They had D book. They had CP, and then they had a whole slew of like like the best role players in the game between Mikel Bridges, campaign. Uh, I mean Cam Johnson. Yeah, Jay Crowder. Yeah. And now they got. Campaign and Landry Shamit, I guess. No, their bench is a lot weaker, but I mean, they've. I really thought the Suns were a team that was missing like a grade A superstar because I, I always thought, I, no disrespect to D Book at all, but I just felt like he was a tier below like the top dogs. So, like, I thought that's what held them back against in that uh, playoff runs when they played against the Sun, um, Bucks in the finals. Like, they just didn't have like a Giannis tier player. Well, okay, so I think, I think, I mean, I think this theory has been proven right a lot in the last however many years. But to win the championship, you need a top 10 player. Right? D-Book is a superstar. He's not top 10. Yeah, he's close. I'd say he's top 15, probably. Yeah, but you need, you need like a top 5 to top 10. So maybe, maybe like top 8, I guess. I can't even think of counter example at all. The only, the closest counter example maybe would be the Spurs when Kawhi was just emerging. But you can make an argument that, like, literally the next year he was the top. Well, then 10. they had, like, Tim Duncan still. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's the only argument. But that probably is two top 10 players. Um. So, yeah, you need that guy. And obviously the Nets now are nothing. 
There's a bunch of really good role players. Uh, maybe they trade all their picks to get a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> like Kendrick? Like, yeah, that'd be a good one. Or like Kyrie. Yeah. Or James Harden. Some one of those like, three. Maybe all two yeah, of those or three. If you had all three, I bet you would win something. Yeah. Yeah, that is so crazy. I've never I see teams use a bunch of trades to get a star or two, but never seen a team completely empty out ship to get a bunch of trades. Like a bunch of picks. Yeah, I mean, I guess can't really judge how good these trades are until we see what they do with the picks. I mean, maybe they they built like a dynasty with them, and then yeah. like oh, you can't hate on those trades then. But that's fair. And they already have like, <laughs> uh, in the most respectful way possible, they already have like a mid three in uh, <laughs> Dinwiddie, uh, Mikael Bridges, and Cam Thomas. So maybe one of them emerges a little more. And they start from there. Already got the role players going. They get a couple of good draft picks, and maybe one of them turns out to be a star. Like they're a team of the future for sure. I think they could do something, but. Their plan is up in the air. It's really contingent on someone has emerged as a star, and they had to add another one or two big pieces. Yeah. Um. So I guess all depends what they do with the picks, but they're definitely just they need they're like a superstar or two away from being a contender again. Yeah, they have probably the most depth of any team. Like they have Seth Curry and Joe Harris on the bench and stuff. Like a lot of players that could score. But yeah, he said no star. You need that in the NBA. Um. I think the Lakers were another team that got a lot better at the trade deadline. And they traded Pat Bev and Russ um, and Bryant. And then they, they ended up getting Mo Bamba. They got D'Lo. They got Beasley. They got Vanderbilt. And they got Rui before the trade deadline. Um, so the Lakers got younger and got better at shooting. I like this. I like this for the Lakers. Uh, yeah, they have a solid starting five now. And D'Lo is a great scorer, a uh, great guard to have. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just like this. And like you said, they got they got youth. They're not just a bunch of old dudes anymore. It's funny, Vito. They got a 38-year-old some help, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this last week. Yeah. Dang. They could be scary. So now, Vito, I'll start with the easier one. The East. Is the East? I just see the East as a two-horse race between the Celtics and the Bucks. Am I missing something? Do you think someone else has a chance of making it out of the East? No, you're most likely right. Uh, like I'm, they're by far the two most dominant teams. But I, I think the Cavaliers team this year is uh the third best team. I know, I know the 76ers with Harden and uh Embiid are looking pretty good. Always have good records. But I don't know. I don't trust them in the playoffs. But you know, I do like the Cavaliers with all the young stars they got. Adding Donovan Mitchell is huge, and. You know, playoff Donovan Mitchell is something else. And I've always been a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. Heck, he dropped 70 this year on this team. I think they might be a team to worry about. Really? You think the Cavs have a shot at taking out the Bucks or the Celtics, though? I I think so. I think they have a shot. Not, I, I, would I favor them? No. But I think that they're the only other team I would, I'd be scared of. Because they're, they're, just, they're just really well-rounded. A lot of players. A lot of playmakers. I guess. I don't know. I just like this. I like the Bucks, honestly. I know the Celtics uh, made it to the finals last year, and they're basically the same team. But I think Giannis is the best player in the league, and like what he, I guess what we saw two years ago. Now it seems like it was last year. Yeah. But when he won the finals, uh, he just went crazy on the Suns. Yeah, playoff Giannis is insane, and I think he ha- he's capable of doing that. And now, yeah, yeah. now he can no, no, shoot. Yeah. I mean, 
Uh, it's Middleton Holiday. They're always gonna be tough to beat. But the Cavs though have Garland and Mitchell just absolutely dominating those dynamic duo. They got Mobley who's coming in on like just second year is already playing really well. They got Jared Allen and Karis Levert on the bench. Like they got a lot of playmakers. I I just think they can make a make some team upset, but it's gonna be hard for them to beat the Bucks or the Celtics. Like Celtics especially Brown and. Brown and Tatum, I think, took even one more step forward. I always thought that duo was insane, but they're getting even better now. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be tough, but that's the only other team I'd worry about. All right. I call it a two-and-a-half horse race. Okay. Fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now the West, though. Uh, there's like seven teams that can make it out the West. I really, I don't know. Oh, man. It's going to be tough. Like, you got the Nuggets are on first right now. They obviously have a top 10 player and the back-to-back MVP. The Grizzlies are somehow second. I don't think they... I don't think the Grizzlies or the Kings, who are second and third, have top 10 players. So, for me... Wait, John Morant? Top 10, Vito? I don't... I mean, I don't know, but... Okay, John Morant or D-Book? Well, I didn't think D-Book was top 10. Yeah, I mean, I didn't either, but... uh, Like... Okay, that's true. (laughs) I, I, I do say John Rant's a better D-book, so he's, like, closer. Okay, hold on, hold on. Le- LeBron, Steph, KD, Kyrie, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, uh, Kawhi, healthy. Who am I missing? Tatum. Oh, yeah, JT. Luka, I didn't even say Luka. Dang, uh, what are we at right now? Well, that's, that's 10 players right there. Uh, Kyrie or... Wait, is, is he... Kyrie better than John at this point, though? Because Kyrie's always injured. Yeah, Kyrie's better. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's better when healthy, but he's at this point, last two years, he's produced more. I feel like Jaw has. Well, he's averaging 27 or so. All right. See what happens when the Grizzlies get to the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the Kings don't have a top 10 player, I don't think, either. So for me, I don't think the Grizzlies or Kings, those are like if the Lakers get into the playoffs, uh, they can knock out either of those teams. The Mavericks have a crazy backcourt now. The Suns are loaded, although I think defense is a concern for the Suns. Because the three players that they traded were all good defenders, especially good wing defenders. But I think they made up with a little more scoring to match up for it. Hopefully, I don't know. I think I think they'll think, be better you than think they were. KD's gonna replace scoring for those for the three of them. I mean, I guess he gets close. He could. Uh, the Clippers, the healthy Clippers. I'm at six now. The healthy Clippers is a good team, but they gotta be healthy. Pelicans and Timberwolves at seven and eight. I like both these teams. Uh, not that they're going to be a contender, but I don't like the I don't like the Timberwolves. Really, Gobber and Cat and uh, and Ant. No, what What do you need? Two seven footers in <laughs> the middle. Like, just play defense. What are you playing? They're playing. Sounds defense like a on broken two K team. I guess what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they just lost D'Lo. Yeah, but they still have Ant. I do like Ant, but I don't like the Timberwolves. Uh, but uh, keep going to the West. Warriors are at nine. I think they're pretty good. The Jazz don't have a star anymore. The Thunder are young. The Trailblazers just have Dame. And you got the Lakers at 13. And the Spurs and Rockets, 14, 15, are way below. I don't understand two things. One, how the Kings are so high. And two, how the Lakers are so low. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lakers need to start winning games because, I mean, they're only two games out of the 10 spot. But you don't want to be matched up with the Nuggets first. I mean, I know you got to play them at some point, I guess. But. You get if the Lakers and the Warriors get matched up with like the Grizzlies and the Kings, the, the Grizzlies and Kings are getting knocked out first round. Yeah, that is that is true. 
That would be wild. That'd be the most anticipated. Because it's still though, because they have a home field advantage. I feel like Grizzlies and Kings would put up a little fight. Yeah, it'd go to five. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies took the Warriors to six last year. All right, fine. You go to six. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's not coming back home to those teams though. It's not going to seven. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm still scared for a play-in game for any of those teams. Like, play-ins is not easy because you have a single elimination if you're a 9 or 10 seed. Yeah, that's the thing that sucks. That makes it like football where it's like, better show up tonight. Yeah. But so for the West, I think Nuggets, Mavs, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Lakers. Oh, did I just name six teams? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I like all that. And I, I'm going to be that guy and say a half against again for the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies were pretty good last year. And I don't know. They might be more vengeful this year. Uh, I mean, they're already the two seed. Last year, they're the two seed as well. All right. I mean, you can say that. Who am I to stop you? Yeah, but. <laughs> they have a young squad behind. Uh, I guess. And they have a solid team, too. But, like, to me, you got to have top 10, like, super yeah. bonafide. Like, you have to have a superstar, not, like, an all-star. Yeah, John Rand is definitely working on it, but yeah, he's not quite at that top ten though. Yeah, but he's he's getting there. But I mean, those guys, ten guys I named too. Like I didn't say Anthony Davis either. He's got to be healthy. Yeah, but um, I didn't say Clay. He's got to be healthy too. I didn't say Dame. Yeah, so I think I think uh, Jaws closer to like fifteen. Yeah, I mean at this point though, I don't think I think Clay's taking a step back from when he was in the original run because last year's finals was a lot of Steph dominating and a little help from JP Jordan Poole. Uh, I think Clay's no longer a top ten player anymore. Not with all those injuries. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, West is kind of crazy. I mean, the Warriors when they get healthy again, which they are, it's getting there soon, right? Getting there. I mean, they just need to be healthy by playoffs. Yeah, that's scary. Well, and in the playoffs, I guess. I'm excited for NBA playoffs. I guess, long story short, every, so many contenders, it seems like. You know what else we're one month away from, Vito? March Madness. March Madness. Oh, uh, the Hoopers. And IU, let me tell you, IU is looking nice. Beat number one Purdue. Then we beat Michigan a few days ago. I mean, we are just... After being down so much. Yeah, man, we are just on top of the world right now. Yeah. In Bloomington. And oh, I, I wish it, March Madness, if March Madness was like an all in Indiana thing again, IU is so good at home. Yeah, no, exactly. Come to Assembly Hall, you're going to get cooked. <laughs> um, IU's women's team too, man. They're nice. They're number two, I think. Dang, how about those Hoosiers? IU's ranked 14 right now. And uh, guess who's first? And this is not college football. This is Bama. Roll Tide, wow. I can't believe it because like most colleges that are huge hoops fans are like, okay, at least let's wait till you know after football season so we can tell you, you know, Bama's not the best. But this year we don't even get that. That's crazy. How are they so good at Bama everything? stays the best? I don't know. I just don't know. They should better stop. Saban's had like seven or six, seven rigs. He needs to just retire. He wants to get them one in basketball too. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, man. March Madness has to be one of my favorite sporting events. The World Cup, easy number one, but March Madness makes a case for number two. Yeah, all the hype, all those big games happening back to back to back. Now, four games at a time in the first round. Oh, those first few days are just crazy. Last year, I watched like almost all of them. It was too much. Impressive. Yeah, I know. 
what else we got? Oh, I'm trying to keep my momentum with you liking soccer rolling. Uh, Champions League is back. PSG versus Bayern, Vito. Big game. Sheesh. I will do some more research on that <laughs> and get back to you. But that sounds sounds like a big one. I know Madrid plays next week. Um, Dortmund, Chelsea play Wednesday. Liverpool, Madrid play next week. And Man City plays next week. Champions League is always fun. So if you're going to keep watching soccer and being into it, this is second best way. First way to get into soccer is the World Cup. Second is watching Champions League because it's all the best players and the best teams. So like a lot of the guys that you saw in the World Cup that were like good and dominating are going to be playing this tournament. Bet. No, I'm excited. I know I got I got a few supporters uh, in my work group chat. <laughs> oh, really? They watch Champions League soccer too? Yeah, yeah. The, there's a couple of uh, straight fans that are just big fans there. There you go. Now you can relate to them. Is there? Join the group. All right, but I think that's all. With that, we'll be doing shows every two weeks now for the rest of the NBA season. And then we'll get into summer. But so with that, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks in the next one.